What's up, everybody? It's Be Dangerous back here with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk, also known as the first show of the year. I took a little bit of a break because I felt like I was a little bit burned out, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I've been consistent because after my 2022 rap came in, I'm like, okay, I deserve a little break because I put in a lot of work last year to make this podcast grow e- even more. And we're going to make it better this year because I know I got more work to do. Also, please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at the Be Dangerous. Also, please follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the podcast, and the page on Facebook and on Spotify wherever podcasts are available. It's been a couple weeks since I did this, and since ugh, since I can't really browse and look to see what's going on, I'm gonna have to refer to my notes that I did like weeks of fucking go when I was doing everything consistently. And go from there because there's a lot of stuff that I didn't exa- I didn't cover on the last show that happened in between the time that I did my last podcast and did this one now. So we're going to get into it. The biggest news that I didn't cover the first time was that Brittany Griner was finally freed from being in fucking jail. I believe it was a prisoner swap between her and somebody else. And people were trying to break down the whole trade and all this other shit when in reality... They got a C-plus at best in their social studies class, but want to become experts on foreign policies when it comes to that. And people talk all this shit about how they wanted her home. Then when she gets home, you have a problem with that. So in reality, you can't satisfy people. Those who genuinely wanted her to come home are happy, and that's what it is. She's looking forward to playing a new season with the Phoenix Mercury. And I know she's going to kill it this season because she has a hell of a lot of stress to burn out, get out of her system, and still prove that she could play at a high level in the WNBA. So I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that. And even though the WNBA season isn't until like a little bit after the NBA season ends, I'm still looking forward to that, even though that's like in June or late July, something like that, something like that. So welcome home, Brittany Griner. I'm happy that you're back. And prove everybody wrong that said anything negative about you while you were locked up. Because people are fucking cruel. It's all hell. And I might dabble into some other stuff during the show too. So just bear with me here. Just bear with me. Also, I also got to talk about the Bulls and the Lakers. And this is re- this is what really blows my mind. The Lakers and Bulls have the same motherfucking record. 17 and 21. So, and that's with both of them being really inconsistent. The Lakers won a game last night against the Charlotte Hornets, and the Bulls lost their second game to Cleveland in fucking overtime. So, pretty much what I'm looking at on both sides, despite having different players on the teams, is that this is pretty much the same damn team, just on opposite coasts. So the Bulls fans who have so much shit to say about the Lakers, you really can't talk shit now when you have the same record. So that chopped, <laughs> that chopped Chicago down to size because they've always had the same issues for years, whether it's players being injured, players not really developing fast enough because they're still young, and inconsistencies, not playing well. Like It's always something with the Bulls, just like it is with the Lakers. So no one can really talk shit on the Chicago side about the Lakers when you're standing on shallow grounds as well. 
And it's been deathly quiet about that. Because when you see that your team is pretty much doing the same thing the Lakers have been doing, with the same record, at a different fucking pace, don't. Just fucking don't. And the Lakers side of me, the Bulls side of me is like, okay, they're doing the same shit the Lakers are doing. And I feel bad, but the Lakers side of me is like sitting there incredibly fucking smug. Because everybody has so much to say when they started 0-5. But when the season started to flesh out and things began to come together, that's when the talks stopped. Suddenly the talks stopped. Because they see that they see that the Bulls ain't no better than the damn Lakers. And they were expected to be better in the East this year. And the Lakers are, wait, 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 wait. I believe they are 11th in the Western Conference while the Bulls are 12th in the East. So... If you're standing in shallow waters, you can't talk shit about nobody. You really fucking can't. Also, I've been dying to talk about this as well. So Michael Jordan gets the MVP award renamed in his honor. And while people have been praising this, there are also some people that have a fucking problem with it. Namely, certain fan bases that can't talk shit about nobody because... Somebody that had crap snapping at his ass in his commercial doesn't have a doesn't have an award named after him. Well, he gets the fish flop award. Please take that. And anytime Michael Jordan gets honored with something, it's always a fucking problem. And if it was named after Bill Russell, nobody would have a problem with it because it's Bill Russell. But Michael Jordan, so many people have a problem with that. And <laughs> Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about, also involving Michael Jordan, was the fact that fucking Isaiah Thomas still has an issue with Michael after all this time over shit that was said in the Last Dance documentary. It's going to be three years since the Last Dance came out. But Isaiah has a... He has a gripe with people calling him assholes. Well, Michael called you an asshole because you are. So, what's the problem? And he wasn't the only one calling you an asshole. So, if you're going to honestly sit there and tell me that you feel some type of way because someone called you an asshole and you want an apology so bad, then you a damn fool because if that's the case, you should apologize for the Jordan rules. That would mean that you, lambastered, Aguire, Dennis Rodman, Rick Mahorn, Joe Dumars would all have to fucking apologize for the Jordan rules. But I know that's not going to fucking happen. So if you haven't gotten an apology after 30 damn years, hell, even more than 30 years, you're not going to get it now. Because Michael doesn't give a fuck, nor is he bothered by anything that he has to say. Because it's like, you're still harping on shit that happened in the late 80s and the damn 90s. Like, you ain't got no problem with talking about how the Detroit Pistons made Jordan the player that he is because the way y'all was beating his ass for three years in a row in the playoffs before they finally swept you in 1991. And you can't let go of the fact that Michael took your city and made it his own. That's the real gag right there. Isaiah Thomas thought that he should have been the golden child of Chicago. And when you went to Detroit and Michael went to Chicago and he became pretty much the megastar in his first fucking season, 
that sat with Isaiah Thomas to this day. Because I don't even think for years, I've not heard him say anything positive about Michael Jordan. And I'm not denying any of Isaiah Thomas's talents. He's one of the best point guards in NBA history. You can't take that away from him. But when you strip all of that away, what do you have? When you have a man that's constantly talking shit about somebody that clearly doesn't give a fuck whether you breathe or not, and he's living his life, he's running his damn team, the Charlotte Hornets, coincidentally. He's giving back to his community by doing that. He's putting out Air Jordan still and making more money from that than he's doing than he did in his NBA career. So the fact that Michael is so revered to him, revered in general, Isaiah Thomas will never let that rest. Hell, even Magic and Larry harbor some type of respect for each other because they might not be the best of friends and they have been they were bitter rivals on the court. But they didn't let that shit carry off the court because if you're a competitor, you're not going to like the person across the court from you because he's not on your fucking team. But when you make it personal, that's when shit gets a little bit choppy. And Isaiah, if you haven't gotten an apology in 30 years, you're not going to you're not going to fucking get one. Period. So move the hell on. Just move the hell on. Cuz all this shit is making you look bad. And it's going to make your value as a player plummet. And even as a person, because like I said, Isaiah Thomas is an asshole. Been an asshole, always will be an asshole. So the fact that he's acting so damn shocked about this is just, <laughs> it's a fucking mess. Also, on a more serious note, Mr. DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest during the Bills and Bengals game last night. And I did some research on this guy. He was born in 1998. I'm eight years older than this boy. And knowing that he is so young and is in critical condition from cardiac arrest, it's like, man, it really makes you put things into perspective because tomorrow is not promised whatsoever. And this man still has his whole life ahead of him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm praying, I am praying like hell. That he will make a speedy recovery. You know, and I'm praying for his family. I'm praying for his team. Because if you watch the footage of that, after everything happened, you can see the visible fear in all the players' faces. And understandably so. And the entire NFL reset their um profile pictures to his jersey number and telling everybody to pray. People are donating money to his GoFundMe, I believe. And the out, the overwhelming love and support that he's getting is a good thing. But I want to see this young man come back from this. Because in an injury like that, you don't know which way things are going to go. You know what I mean? Because I've seen players come back from catastrophic injuries, but they never will be quite the same. But I love a comeback story. And I hope this is the case because 
at first I was a little scared because I'm like, yo, this whole thing with him being in critical condition and ESPN covering it the way they are, it gives me shades of Sean Taylor. It might be a completely different situation and circumstance, you know what I'm saying? But to me, that's what I'm that's what I got looking at this. You know what I'm saying? Because ESPN covered Sean Taylor being in critical condition when everything happened to him the way it did. You know what I'm saying? But this young man still has his whole life and career ahead of him. And I'm praying for his recovery. And I'm praying for his health because you just don't know. Because what I think happened during that is he, he went up for a tackle. He had tackled somebody. Then he stood back up, you know what I'm saying, normal football play. Then he pretty much collapsed after that. And I'm not sure the extent of the injury or really can go into details like the doctor did earlier on ESPN. But it's just crazy. And the player that he ended up tackling, he's a safety, by the way. I hope he doesn't harbor any guilt because certain things like that you can't control. You know what I'm saying? But it's human nature. If you feel like you hurt somebody completely unintentionally and it has that drastic of an effect on them, you're going to feel some type of way. So I'm just praying for his speedy recovery and I'm definitely praying for him. And that's the fucking truth. Also, I wanted to talk about Von Miller being out. Another Bills player. He is out, I believe, with an AC Achilles injury. That's what it was. He's out with a torn Achilles, which hurts the which hurt the Bills defense a little bit, even though they are 12 and 3 in their conference. And Kyler Murray is out for the season with a torn ACL injury. And I know, of course, that hurt the Arizona Cardinals. But they've always had quarterback issues. Like that's literally been the name of the game when Larry Fitzgerald was playing. Not having a solid quarterback to be the head of the offense because Carson Palmer was only going to do so much. You know what I'm saying? Like they got to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner as their quarterback. And they've had like a slew of different quarterbacks since then. But Kyler Murray pretty much is their franchise. And I know the way things went went with him and free agency and stuff like that. They had no choice but to pay him, giving him all these dumb rules and shit like that. But I hope he comes back comes back better than next year Von Miller as well and I think that I'm done here yeah after a little bit of a break this show might be a little bit rusty so please bear with me but I had to come back and give y'all a show the first show of the year to let y'all know that Be Dangerous is still hanging in here still doing what I do for you guys and yeah I will definitely be back let's see today is Tuesday I'll definitely be back next week with another show for you guys, for real this time. For those of you guys who tuned into the show today, I thank you guys so very much. And run up the listens on the last episode because the last time I looked, I believe it was 11 listens. So, like I said, y'all keep me going. I love you guys and thank you so much for your constant love and your support for Dangerous Sports Talking for me, Be Dangerous. Signing out, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dangerous. Follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. And I am out of here. Peace.